From thereabouts, I'm Angus Morton, and this is Outspoken. In early 2019, I received a message on Instagram. The account was private and had no profile picture. The message said they'd heard I had started climbing and that if I needed an instructor, they'd be willing to help. The only other information they gave was that they'd been for a ride a while back with my brother, Lachlan. A little curious, I responded. And so began my relationship with the unique story of Tyler Landman. In sport, we often find allegories for life. Stories of overcoming, of perseverance, of dedication. But rarely do we find a literal representation of life's complexities in the sports in which we participate and spectate. In this episode of Outspoken, we take a look at how one man's literal approach to climbing has led his search for answers to the problems we all face at one point or another. That of finding balance, perspective, and commitment. Okay, um, so I'm Tyler Landman. I am currently a medical student um, from London, just turned 30 years old. And uh, the question of who I am is is one that I think about regularly and uh, I'm not entirely sure. Tyler is currently in his first semester of med school, but how he arrived there began one afternoon 25 years ago. Tyler's story. Age five, started inside climbing with, with my bro and my dad and my mum was definitely in the picture too. So this is 1995 and we're in England, we're in a small town called Gloucester and I remember the gym really well. Think like you're in like an industrial park, it's like a multi-story building, all sort of like cinder blocky and the ground is all sort of this rubberized stuff that you might expect from like a gymnastic place, really chalky in the air what's now considered a sort of prehistoric way of building climbing walls, which was all sort of resin. It smells like feet, and at that time there was a lot of sort of like English techno music blasting. So it's a pretty esoteric kind of environment to, to suddenly walk into, and quickly you become desensitized to it. I remember the sensation, like I, I, I remember certain walls in that gym, like slabby ones, you know, you always start on the slabs, and I can kind of remember like, it's not like I'm seeing myself do it. I'm, I'm actually seeing like the wall in front of me and like looking down and moving my feet. And I do remember it feeling like quite natural. Like and it wasn't painfully frustrating at the start. It was, it seems to come to, to me. Over the next 10 years, Tyler and his family's love affair with understanding the intricacies of the wall took off. Both he and his older brother won national titles as juniors. And when it came time to decide whether to follow in his brother's footsteps and head off to boarding school, Tyler opted to stay home, putting climbing first and to remarkable effect. The ACE is to me sort of a pivotal moment in, in what I had done up into that point and kind of like the trajectory it sent me on after. I was 15 and the climb had only been done by three other people at the time. It's 2006. Jerry Moffat, Malcolm Smith and Ben Moon, who were considered like three of the best of British climbing, you know, hard bouldering and sport climbing. It's three movements, the holds are really bad, really slopey and conditions dependent. So that means, you know, if it's a bit rainy, a bit too humid, a bit too warm, it's easy to come up with excuses of why one might not try it. I was just a kid. I'd done a couple other hard climbs in Texas a couple months earlier, so I knew my form was good. But I think like when I decided to try that, people were like maybe a bit surprised. There wasn't really much to be said for like going back 
and training and coming back stronger. It was purely going to be a matter of like how just going to have to go up there and try it a couple times, put some work into like the specific climb itself, like the body positions and the muscle memory and that, and that would come with time. That's at least what made the most sense to me. So this is up in Sheffield, about three hours north of London. And so like I remember this weekend, Friday after school, you know, take the, take the underground to the big train station, take the train up there, get picked up by some mates that they must be in their twenties. But to me, they seem like way older. I'm staying on their couch and waking up in the morning and it's super crisp and you know, really like bluebird kind of weather. This isn't when I do it, but I just remember sort of like the first time I started trying it. I get close and Sunday I, I go back down to, to London on the train, go back to school on Monday. And, and even then I felt like, wow, I've had this whole weekend of like come, getting close to the ace and like I'm going to do it at some point. And um, it's just a matter of when and I was so excited. But I'm just like in biology class or like health class or whatever, but I'm just so distracted. And uh, I wasn't really like that academic of a student. I didn't really care that much about it. I was just so preoccupied with climbing. And a couple of weekends, I go back, you know, go back up on Friday, come back down on Sunday. I think maybe three weekends in a row, I go up there. And the, day, the thing with climbing is like the day you do it and even the try you do it, most often like nothing really changes. It's, it's very hard to be like scientific about it and be like, oh, I did this one thing different. It's like kind of just a matter of trying it again and again. and. These little micro things might be different, but they're so subtle that you're not even aware of it. I have a very vivid memory of the try I did it. Like your feet are on the ground, your hands are on like a big ledge. You pull on, you cross your left hand up over your head to like this sort of sloping, it's slightly gassed on, so it's you know facing the wrong way slightly. Then you put your left foot where your right hand is, so you just jam it into this crack, and, and you basically like, your left, ha your left arm is at like a perfect 90 degree angle. You just lock it there. And this was the thing where it's like, you'd have to come out right hand to this like slopey hold. And that was where I would use this intermediate every time. And the go I did it, I just like didn't even stop at the intermediate. Cause I was like, oh wow, the next hole's just right there. Reach out to the hold. And then the last move is the crux, like dino to the top. And a lot of people like their left hand hit the top of the boulder, this like really slopey hold. And then they like, they're basically falling off and they grab this right hand, pretty good hold. So it's like a coordination move. Like they go like left, right. But I was quite small, and for some reason for me it was just easier to really hit the left hand perfectly and then hold the swing and then take the jug. And that's not how the other people had done it, but that's just what worked best for me. So there was already an element that I was in touch with, with like, oh, I don't necessarily need to use the method that other people have used before. Like, I can kind of create my own solution here. Sometimes when you do something really hard, you're so in the zone that you don't remember anything, you're like you're not even aware of the experience. But with this one, I was like very attuned to the details, the actual like crystals, like digging into my finger, the specifics of the body position on the rock. So that was 2006 and like I still remember that so well. And yeah, it was just cool as well that that like my first of the V13 grade and the first climb for me that kind of like set me on this trajectory is like a really significant one in the kind of like culture of British bouldering. On the surface, Tyler displayed an incredible ability to not only physically scale the wall, but to use method to analyze, dissect and solve the problem. So it's a combination of solving the problem. So it's how am I going to get from, you know, this hold to that hold or from the start to finish using what's available to me. And the creative part, I guess, is creating that solution to the problem based on the skill set that you have and what you think will be easiest for yourself. A few weeks after conquering the ACE, he 
He repeated the Voyager, a V-13 climbed only by his hero Ben Moon, and, like on the Ace, he used a different sequence to achieve the feat, demonstrating again his somewhat of an academic approach to the sport. Despite this, he says, at the time school never factored into his thought. Uh, I feel like a bit embarrassed to even admit this to myself or anyone else, but like I really just didn't care. Continuing to show prodigious talent at such a young age, Tyler, in his sophomore year, moved from London, England to Boulder, Colorado, and continued to go deeper into the sport. Despite his apathy towards education, he managed to graduate high school a year only and could finally make climbing his sole purpose. There was no like tension between climbing and something else. It was only climbing. So when I finally had the green light just to climb, it, it was an amazing place to arrive at. I was 17, finished high school, so like that box was ticked. I had my parents' support. I think for them it was like, you can do this for a year and then you have to go to school. And in my head I was like, okay, I'll stretch that year to like however long I want to. <laughs> he moved to Switzerland and began climbing some of the hardest stuff he ever had resulting in the now cult classic film, Between the Trees. But something wasn't right. Despite being adept at solving problems on rock, another problem started to rise in life, balance. It just wasn't like, just waking up every day and being like, oh, where are we gonna go climbing today? Or like, what should we try today? There was something like missing. It just felt like I wanted to be like making, I wanted climbing to be like on the side of something else again. And so he does something quite unexpected. He returns to the US and enrolls in college. I just so wasn't into school at all before like that year of climbing. So to make the decision to go back to something that I wasn't really that excited about, I think it was somewhat like conforming to the pressure and to conforming to the norm. Like obviously you're gonna go to college and get a degree. And so like, I don't think I really questioned that. At the same time, something else was beginning to happen. He recognized the worldview he developed on the wall may be applied beyond the rock. What also drove me back to school and what gave me a small element of confidence was like, I knew I was good at solving problems. The reason I knew that is because that's what climbing had become for me was like this, this really in-depth process of solving problems. My process had become very honed in the way that I would like see a climb and I could just visualize the whole like dance that would be me climbing it before even touching the holds or anything. If I could just like transplant that way of seeing the world, of, of seeing rocks as these problems that I would solve into the classroom setting somehow, I kind of just told myself that, that it would be exciting. But that was kind of all I knew. And I'd created these like constructs in my head. I don't know really if they were like based on anything. What Tyler means by an in-depth process. For me, it's all in my head. I can remember like the sequences of climbs I did when I was like six, so the holds, everything. It's the sort of like extreme memory that I have to the extent where uh, like it's not unusual for people to text me like, oh, what's the sequence for this thing? And it's like something I haven't seen in like a decade and I'll just like remember it immediately. So my memory for like the 3D space and like the movement around it was really good. And I think it was just from like years of like visualizing movement patterns and visualizing ways, you know, of being attentive to small details. I just thought it was like cool to like get up close to the hold and look at the crystals and decide where like the crystal was like the biggest. So that's where your pointer finger would want to go on the hold and thinking about like, you know, where your body was going to be most taut over like 
you know the the 3d space i think it just like opened up a way of seeing climbing that was bigger than just climbing it was somehow it got deeper than that during his college years climbing takes a backseat to his education for the first time and whilst he was out of the limelight unbeknownst to him the balanced education provided his climbing meant that he was still at the top of his game. I was still pretty active during those years. It was just very under the radar. There is a couple of things I did in New England like over those years that still have no one else has done, but I just kept it under wraps because I think I felt like I was a student. That other stuff wasn't that important. And it was maybe for someone else to like talk about it if they wanted to, but it wasn't my job. After four years of college, Tyler graduates. And whilst his path in life is starting to veer away from climbing, there's still one wall left to conquer. Made famous by his climbing mentor in the 90s, the Smiling Buttress, a highly technical wall with a treacherous landing had never been completed. So Tyler returned to England, armed with a single photo, and began plotting his ascent. Ben had first tried it in the 90s, and it had been, there was footage of him trying it in this famous video. Everyone had seen it. Everyone knew about this project. Some people had tried it. He still hadn't done it, no one had done it. It's 2013, there it is, at a really popular area. So I remember emailing him like, yo, I'm thinking about trying this thing, Smiling Buttress, obviously you know it, you were like the first one to try it. Can you, like, is it really high? What, what's it look like right now? He went out and took a picture like with his daughter and like emailed me the picture. Didn't have chalk on it because no one had been trying it. I had no idea whether it would feel doable or, or not. And I knew the landing was really dangerous and bad, so if I'm ever gonna get close to doing this thing, I'm gonna have to take quite a serious risk in doing it. I was spending time in London, staying with like family, friends and stuff, and went up to Sheffield for like an extended period of time to try this thing. I was trying it on top rope because it was really high and we couldn't be taking that fall a lot. So I was roped up and I was putting the pieces together, fixed, kind of solving it, figuring out how I was gonna do it. In the back of my head, I was kind of like, I knew I was like scared of the moment I realized I might be able to do it because it was going to mean that I was going to have to do it, which was going to be like really dangerous. So yeah, got to get the weather, got to get the people, got to get the spotters. And then I have to like show up with all these people who are there for me and actually do the thing, which is like not a given at all. Like I had done the moves like once on top rope, but like raining and like windy and like just a terrible day. And I'm sat in a cafe with the guy who's going to fend. We're just sitting there kind of like waiting for the rain to stop and it never does. And we're like drinking tea and like it's not happening. So we're like, let's just go up there and see what it looks like. Let's see if it's dry. So I go hike up there with my buddy and it's somehow it's bone dry. Like it's really windy. The rock is facing the right direction from where the wind's coming. And it's like the conditions are perfect. And I text the people who had like since texted me they weren't going to come because the weather was so shit. I was like, no, 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 it's dry. Like, I swear we're here right now. Like, I'm stood in front of it. Like, it's fine. So these people like hike these pads out. Ben Moon comes and he's like, you know, the original guy who had tried it. So it's super cool for him to be there. And we get all the pads set up and the conditions are perfect. I, I just do, like, I just do it first or second go or something. And it was so anticlimactic because it just happened really quickly. And like there wasn't any terrible fall. So that's 2013 and still no one else has done it. Like it's completely unrepeated. Despite achieving a feat nothing short of remarkable, he still felt a hole in his life. I think it was just like this constant push and pull of like, is climbing enough? What else do I want to do? And figuring out the tension between like how to have climbing in my life, but have it not be the only thing in my life. And so, with a loose conviction, Tyler begins to plot his path to medical school 
having taken on research jobs in various locations around the US to build up his experience. He finally submits an application for school. With the balance he's found once again, his climbing excels, and with med school admissions looming in the fall, he assumes it'll be his last opportunity to climb, and decides to give it one last shot, this time at the World Cup. My plan had been to start med school that fall, but uh, I didn't get in. So he pivots, getting a last minute admission into a Masters of Public Health at Columbia, before taking off on the World Cup circuit. Experiencing initial success, but lacking direction, one season becomes two, two becomes three, and before he knows it, he slipped back into old habits, and his relationship with climbing has become toxic. So like fast forward basically 2016 to 2018, and like I've completely destroyed my relationship with climbing. Kind of knowing, like I knew it was happening while it was happening, but I couldn't really stop, like it was like, just spiraling. As soon as I got into the gym, I remember I'd like look at the clock and be like, okay, I'm allowed to leave in three hours. So it felt like work and I would just fill that time with like whatever I could, wacky shit I could come up with that would like be the most brutal. But yeah, it wasn't fun and I didn't enjoy it. And like, like we've already like discovered together, like when I'm not enjoying it, like my results are not good. Like I was putting a lot in and I wasn't really getting anything out of it and I couldn't really stop. The competition thing was like, it was a real tangible thing. Like you go to the comp and you want to be in this form and you want to get the good result and then you live and die by the result. And if the result's good, then you train even harder because you want more of it. And if the result's bad, then you definitely train way harder because you want to get a good one the next time. Stepping back from climbing only heightened his conviction to pursue medicine. But with another application rejected and another year before reapplication, he was forced to reevaluate that too. The harder it was to get in, the more it made me question why I wanted to do it and if I wanted to do it. And I had to make new applications every time I like applied to the whole like system of schools. So I was like in a very tangible way forced to keep reevaluating my motives. Med school is considered so hard and like I hadn't even gotten in yet. Like I was having an epic time to get in. And so that was just kind of like, okay, maybe there's a reason you're not getting in or like maybe you should think about other stuff. and. I tried to think about other stuff that I would be good at and, and enjoy and feel like I would find value in. The more I thought about it, like the more I felt like if I don't do this, like I'll regret it. It wasn't like I had a vision of like what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. I just knew like this was material I really wanted to learn. And I gained more experience with doctors who I saw myself in and who were like solving problems in a way that reminded me of the way I kind of solved climbing problems too. So there was like a couple things going on. There was like the identity aspect where I felt like I was one of them. And I was also really interested and stimulated by the kind of work they were doing. Like specifically my time working in orthopedics, I was seeing like a way to use my experience as an athlete and the way that I've thought about sports. I saw like a really like interesting way to marry like my own sense of identity and my own sort of like value in sports with medicine. The more I got rejected and the more I was forced to think about it and the more I was forced to like entertain alternate options, the more I really wanted it and the more I convinced myself that I would be good at it and that I would find value in it and that I would eventually make it when I made it it wouldn't feel like a difficult decision to put the other things on hold. It would be like a real privilege and honor to pull myself into the education, like in the same way that I'd learned to in, in climbing and 
With the re-evaluation came renewed conviction. The final chunks of the wall that had separated his climbing world with everything beyond it had fallen away, and his way of overcoming the problems of a wall had found a home in his thinking beyond it. Eventually got in to University of Vermont where I started as a med student two months ago, even though it feels like two years ago. And so now I'm like back in the classroom and I'm back in this place in my life where I'm doing the full-time balancing act. It is totally bonkers to finally be at the place in my life that I've wanted to be for so long. There's a back and forth that has permeated Tyler's life. A struggle to find harmony, but a conviction that harmony is there, somewhere. His way of seeing the world that he first applied in Sheffield all those years ago led him down a path only he could see, finding answers to life's questions in ways not obvious to you or I. My path to medicine kind of was continuously validated. I sort of gained more confidence that it was the right direction for me as I became more comfortable with the fact that I wasn't going to be a professional athlete anymore. I think I felt a certain obligation or responsibility to sort of apply a lot of the things that I learned through sports, a lot of the lessons I learned, a lot of the ways of practicing discipline and dedication of sort of turning that around and making it less of a sort of selfish and self-centered approach to sports and making it more about other people. I'd had a very myopic view, which had allowed me to be successful with athletics, but I kind of wanted to go beyond my own problem solving with climbing and kind of apply that framework to solving other people's problems and helping other people be healthier. So I definitely felt a sort of sense that I had put a lot of time and effort towards my own well-being my own physical shape and success and I wanted to kind of put that time and energy towards other people's health and well-being. The question is now, does what made Tyler a good climber make him a good student? In terms of problem solving, I have to like find the parallel because sometimes it's not always like totally obvious like what the problem even is. With climbing that's really obvious and with schoolwork it's not always like the problem might be completely different than what you think it is. And that's maybe some of my growing pains here at med school so far perhaps are related to me not necessarily knowing like where the problems are or like how to find them or I might yeah be seeing them in the wrong way. We'll talk in a couple years when I'm actually seeing patients and we'll see whether the way I see like medical problems and diagnoses and stuff, whether I see those and solve them in the same way as climbing. And I, I think I will because it really is all about like considering the array of solutions and kind of pinpointing which one is best and for what reasons and also being flexible enough to like change them and try something new and finding that sort of efficiency and balance and, and being patient. So I do think all of those things will, will be really like relevant to medicine and those are kind of what have been most important to me with climbing and, and have made the biggest difference. So how does all the years of chasing balance between life as a climber and that of a student make him think about sport. People might be intimidated by sports sometimes or by athletes or athletics, but I think really at the heart, it's the power in, in movement and in physical activity is, is that it can, it can sort of teach you things about yourself that you don't know, and it can take you to places that you otherwise might not go. 
and so it really is a it's a tool and it's it's a key that can open doors and it sounds maybe overly poetic or ambiguous but I don't even think it needs to be like put on a pedestal sports in general or like people get so blinded by like gear and accomplishments and times and speeds and computers and numbers but none of that is really necessary for the the benefits of what physical activity can do for your mental health and just for connecting with the outdoors and connecting for things bigger than yourself really through climbing tyler has developed his own set of principles to approach life with a route to education that couldn't have been taught had he focused in school nor had he only applied himself to climbing a perspective on the world that comes from scaling the wall that separated his two lives it's just like on the ace with the last dino to the top you commit grip like hell with the left and swing till you find balance and pull over the top. Outspoken is a Thereabouts production, produced and edited by Abby Levine and myself, Gus Morton. Sound design and mix by Ben Crenell. Our executive producers are Isaac Carson and yours truly. Music is by the enigmatic Builders T. You can find our podcast on iTunes and Spotify. You can also get in touch with us on Instagram at APLevine. That's A-P-L-E-V-E-N-E for Abby. At that is Gus for myself. Or at Here or Thereabouts for the official Thereabouts Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. Reporting from the Rocky Mountain Range, I'm Angus Morton.